Hello, this is Richard Herring. Um, hope you've been enjoying this series of Richard Herring's Letter Square Theatre podcast. There is no interview this week, but there's a little surprise treat. I'm going to put out the first half of stand-up and messing around that I do, uh, that I did uh, last week at the Adam Buxton podcast. It'll make sense of some of the running jokes that we refer back to if you listen to last week's podcast. Um, this, If you come and see the shows live, you get a free bit of stand-up uh, that doesn't usually go out. Uh, so if you want to come and see the last podcast, it's uh, the 3rd of December, Leicester Square Theatre podcast with Russell Howard. There's still a few tickets left. And as always, it'd be lovely if you've enjoyed these, if you wanted to go and buy something from www.gofasterstripe.com or tickets for my tour, Talking Cock. You can get all the details for that at www.richardherring.com slash talkingcock number two. So anyway, sit back and enjoy... Uh, stories of the Willy Brush and also uh, the one essay I got about if Frankie Ball is the Mick Jagger of comedy. And uh, do tune in next week for me talking to Russell Howard. Thanks very much. Good night. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Leicester Square Theatre. Will you please welcome Richard Herring? Thank you. Thank you very much. Lovely to see you all. Thank you for coming. Welcome to the show. This is not yet the podcast. This is just uh, the first half preamble that you get uh, as an extra treat for having come down. Because you can get this for free on the internet. Idiots. But um, so, uh, <laughs> but this is uh, it's Rich Herring's Leicester Square Theatre podcast, or as all the cool kids call it, Rahel Lesterper. Yeah, quite a lot of cool kids in today. Uh, so in the second half, I will be talking to the wonderful Adam Buxton. I'm very excited about that. Uh, but I will just now talk to you, probably, mainly. And then uh, we've got Mike Stoner in the front row. It's terrible that I start to know all of your names. Who's, uh, <laughs> who's set up a, um, a website dedicated to Me 1 versus Me 2 snooker. He's a big fan. Do you want to turn around and show them the official T-shirt that you have made yourself? I mean, he's like a... He's like a grown man. He's like a middle-aged man. He's got Bring Back Me Too, no spoilers, um, on the back. He's made that with a crayon, and, and just that's, those will be officially available. So thank you. Why haven't you updated the scores on the website? Still, it's frame 18. Yeah. You don't, well, no, there's still, there's still a couple of Me Too ones. To the, the scores are not on there. It's just you're doing a shoddy job of your... <laughs> You are, you know, you're without permission website. Uh, it's good to kind of chastise the more insane. Just keep an eye on him for me. Just if he, if he goes for a concealed weapon, you have to jump in front of him and save me because that's. Oh, come on, fair enough. Out of the two of us, who deserves to die? Uh, so, um, but uh, lovely to see you've got lovely, glamorous, dressed up, all dressed up for the evening. What's your name? Agnes. Agnes what a beautiful name. And have you come? Have you been to the uh, podcast before? No, you've just come because Adam Buxton's on, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I feel very happy. Yeah, no, that's why I've come. It's, oh, you'll have fun. It's good. So what do you do for a living? Um, I design books. You design books? Is it like his T-shirt that you just <laughs> draw them at home and then go, look, I've done a book. What, yeah, take, what, what books have you designed? Um, cookery, books. cookery books. Sweet. Which, which chefs are you working with? Chefs. Not chefs. Who, who makes the... <laughs> Witches, uh, well, <laughs> really old. Really old. Margaret Patton. She's a ninety-six-year-old woman. Is it just like cakes full of grey hair? And um, that's what I, when, when my gran used to cook. You know, here have a piece of cake. Mm, it's lovely. Oh God, she's come back from the dead. To, uh, <laughs> 
psychics alley. Well, look, I won't take the piss out of you uh, uh, too much. Uh, and is this your partner, boy, boyfriend, friend? Boyfriend, boyfriend. Boyfriend, boyfriend. Oh, fuck. <laughs> now she's seen me, mate. That's what always happens. It's just... What's, what's, what, he's a very nice-looking man, isn't he? He's done all right. What's, uh, what's, what's your name? Liam, nice kind of beard. Is he, did he make him grow that beard so he would look like Adam Buxton, is that? Because Adam Buxton's fans are probably as nutty as mine, to be fair. Captain Haddock. Captain Haddock. <laughs> it's nice to have a rock. Can you live up to that? Can you drink as much as Captain Haddock? You've got a hat and a pipe. Wow. Tin tin porn. That's why I just you dress up. Which one are you? Who do you dress up as? Bianca Castiff. Bianca Castiff. You'd be good as that. That's fantastic. Fucking hell, I'm getting all in my mind now, this... Gonna have to have a small wank. No, you know, well, I, I imagine that. Uh, well, good to see you. Um, and if you had to choose between a ham hand and an armpit of sun cream... Yeah, see, sorry, they haven't been... I thought I'd pick on the people who haven't been here before. If you had to have a ham hand, but you could have that, or uh, an armpit with sun cream, the dispensed sun cream, which would you prefer of those two things? Sun cream. Most people go for the sun cream. Didn't even go and there was no even discussion of what the properties are just sun cream, definitely the free sun. It's not everlasting sun cream. You can't set up an armpit sun cream factory. Um, so, um, well, lovely to meet you and I hope you enjoy the proper show. Um, I've just been, uh, to, I've just, this is something I was, near, I was thinking about putting the actual show, but I'm going to do it to you instead. Um, uh, d- just been on Twitter and um, uh, Alan Sugar has been tweeting trying to promote his uh, nail file. You know, one of the ones who won The Apprentice had a special nail file that was curved a bit. It's fucking brilliant. Uh, and uh, Alan Sugar has just tweeted, to some consternation on Twitter, I have to say, women, why not get the boss to buy you us all a small gift for Christmas to show their appreciation for all your hard work? And then links to this nail file. <laughs> Which so I have uh, some people, some, some women surprisingly upset about that, think it's old fashioned or sexist or something. <laughs> like the, just the assumption that there's no way that a woman could be the boss, and that there's no way. <laughs> it's like back to Mad Men. I've been watching a lot of Mad Men, is it? maybe he has as well. Uh, so then I kind of suggested, why don't uh, men, why not get your female boss to buy one of my DVDs from Go Faster Stripe? I thought it was a clever. <laughs> and then I thought, why not, men, why not get your female boss? To, you know, I said, uh, uh, Alan Sugar's also said, uh, men, uh, why not get your female boss to buy you a smegma scraper? Uh, for... <laughs> and then I thought that'd be quite a good, uh, oh, that's, that's, that's a gap in the market. I thought, I thought I'd try to tweet, then I thought I should have taken that on Dragon's Den like a good cock, kind of strigil thing like the Romans had. You really get in there and clean up. But it is, I've been beaten to it because then someone tweeted me and said, that already exists. <laughs> I can't believe this, and uh, I'm gonna just, uh, it's uh, the, uh, the gentleman's cleaning brush. <laughs> this is a genuine thing. There's the website. Uh, it's been on the Graham Norton show. There's a man holding a woman. They're both looking quite happy at the top. He's looking happy. She's looking kind of relieved. Like she's been, like there's been a long time. Cause it's kind of a double, if you've got one of those as a present, that's kind of a double, happy Christmas, your cock stinks by the way. Could you clean it up? This is brilliant. The Gentleman's Cleaning Brush, or GCB, affectionately known to us as the Willy Brush, is the only product of its kind in the world. So only me and them have thought of this. Designed and sold by our Scottish-based internet business. There's an awful lot of smegma. It's the smegma capital of the world. 
the Scottish men, they leave it out there. You know, they think it's enough just to leave it hanging in the breeze. It's not... This unique creation is... In some ways, they're very pleased that they're the only people who thought of it. has already captured the attention of the media and thousands of health and hygiene-conscious men and continues to astound us with the volume of interest and sales in that there is more than one have been sold. The brush is specifically designed for keeping the penis thoroughly clean whilst protecting sensitivity. So, I don't know. Some of that means it's just not, it's not going to be like made of wire. It's not going to kind of <laughs> strip your actual skin cells off so you can no longer feel. I mean, I would kind of hope it wouldn't affect the sensitivity. You won't be kind of circumcised by this. <laughs> this brush, yeah, in turn, helping our customers to feel more confident, particularly in moments of intimacy with their partners. Like, I don't think men give a fuck. I know that's the problem. I mean, if they gave a fuck, they'd just put it un- under the tap, wouldn't they? That's the, and they don't, do they, ladies? That's the problem. And that's what you need to do, fellas. That's why it's my job. And then you have all the stuff I've ever done, just getting men to clean their cocks has become my, my one name. Uh, this, this can often be an area that is overlooked. <laughs> yeah, you've got that. It's a shame. Uh, it's the one I concentrate on most. When considering female points of view, we consider how important the gentleman's cleaning brush has become. There's a couple of quotes from Caroline's very happy to know that his penis is thoroughly clean and smelling good makes me feel more sexy. <laughs> make it smell good uh, the gents clean <laughs> just dip it in some chocolate uh, <laughs> uh, the gentleman the gents cleaning brush was the ideal gift for my partner because it made him more aware of his personal hygiene <laughs> Lindsay 42 London UK Betty was delighted um, our company believes this revolutionary product will become as commonly used as other hygiene related toiletries such as the toothbrush or hairbrush <laughs> You might believe that, but... <laughs> Hairbrush. They'll be selling more than these. There'll be different varieties. I invite you to get a step ahead and invest in the health and well-being of your penis and your sex life now! Uh, so that was good. So I was glad that came up. Um, I, I'm going to try and get one of those, maybe by the next show. Although it's not been on the internet, so there's no point. And um, I might allude to this in the show, but... Um, last uh, week or two weeks ago, I was with Dave Gorman, and I, I read a review to him that some of you all... Will have heard. And I asked people to send in essays about this review. Uh, I got one essay. It's two sides long. It's pathetic. It would definitely be an, a fail if anyone else had bothered to. Uh, the quote is If Frankie Ball is the Mick Jagger of comedy, the outspoken voice of the disenfranchised youth, dehumanised by the press and feared by parents nationwide, if Frankie Ball is that, and Mick Jagger was that, then Dave Gorman is Ringo Starr. He's an everyman. He's well-known and provides entertainment in a number of guises, but he still gives the impression he'd be incredibly polite if, you ever met, if he ever met your mother. We had a bit of fun with this. We took some time discussing whether Dave Gorman was like that, whether Ringo Starr was like that. So anyway, I asked people to send in uh, essays. You obviously weren't listening. No one, none of you heard this, because I can tell this is going to be a long fucking 20 minutes. <laughs> Uh, so I asked people to discuss I said and this person discuss to what extent this statement is true that is what he's decided to make the essay question thought I might read the essay but it's rather charmingly I'll read a bit of it and see how we're going but rather charmingly I don't know if it's deliberately or accidentally because he seems to know who Mick Jagger is all the way through he refers to Mick Jagger as Muck Jagger like like he's Scottish and I don't I can't forget that's a deliberate joke because Frankie Boyle is Scottish it's hard to say because it's kind of quite but everything else sort of 
So you know, I may mention this in the second half. Do forgive me if I do mention it, but I won't read the whole thing out in the second half. Uh, this is certainly a bold statement and one that can be discussed at great length. It sets up the premise that if Frankie Ball is an alternate version of Muck Jagger, that, that doesn't exist, then Dave Gorman is an alternate version of Ringo Starr that also doesn't exist. This at first appears to be a meaningless, the quality, this appears to be meaningless, the qualities the uh, reviewer applies to Muck Jagger are not the qualities of Muck Jagger, and so therefore, <laughs> The next part of the review is meaningless. Maybe in some way this is an ironical take on ordinary reviews, a comment that they spend too long discussing irrelevant things and not enough time talking about the things they are reviewing. Quite clever so far, isn't it? It's kind of done quite well. I won't do the whole thing, I don't think. Uh, but I, I'm going to press on for the moment. It seems a very weird choice of structure for a review. All of it, apart from the list of qualities that apply to Dave Gorman, is pointless. The reviewer could have just started by listing these qualities, but instead he decided to write a long list of irrelevant information. And this is the most intriguing part of the review. The inherent question here is not the meaning of the start of the review, but why the reviewer thought it was appropriate to include it. It's warming to it now, aren't you? My theory is... That it is a comment on the rivalry between alternative and normal comedy, and the rivalry between the Rolling Stones and the Beatles. So Frankie Boyle is not then probably is is uh, Frankie Boyle is not the poster boy of alternative comedy. Far from it, but he is unarguably an alternative comedian. Dave Gorman, on the other hand, is also not your stereotypical mainstream comedian, but he does have more of a tendency towards observational humour. The life of comedians and the life of rock and roll stars are then compared in the media, and this review acknowledges that. By suggesting Dave Gorman and Frankie Boyle are rivals of each other, the reviewer not only mo mocks the media's portrayal of the conflict between mainstream and alternative comedy by showing they're essentially similar by comparing to the Beatles and the Rolling Stones. It's like, it's like a proper... It's just, I mean, it's not funny, it's just interesting, but then he makes it funny by keeping putting McJagger in there, that's what I like. <laughs> he knows who he is, he's kind of, he's, he's, he talks about the Beatles. I would honestly call it Ringo Starr with one R as well. I don't can't. I would say now we're going to have to have an essay about this essay to see whether the person who wrote this essay knew that Mick Jagger was is the real name. I'd also say this review is making fun of Frankie Ball by comparing him to Mick Jagger. <laughs> Mick Jagger, of course, was a rebel fighting against the public perceptions of things, and all the frantic, all that Frankie Boyle really does is make obscene jokes about defenseless people. <laughs> By comparing Frankie Ball to Mick Jagger, the reviewer shows the reader that Frankie Ball is nothing in comparison to uh, their leading question as to why he was been put on a pedestal by certain members of the public for so long. The real Mick Jagger of comedy is probably Jerry, Sad Jerry Sadovitz. Yeah, because he's Scottish as well. <laughs> There's a bit crossed out there, who has held several gigs where he insults someone's audience and much they turn to violence uh, but Frankie Ball is not the only person being insulted here Dave Gorman also suffers by being compared to Ringo Starr the reviewer here suggests that Dave Gorman's material is so bad he must have come up with it while being high <laughs> in conclusion the review basically says if Frankie, Frankie Ball isn't Mick Jagger Dave Gorman isn't Ringo Starr which makes no sense but the reviewer is clearly making several subtle points about conflict and the nature of comedy Raoul Siegel that person is caught. Didn't give her an address, so I can't send him a prize. In a way, it's lucky you only got one, one essay, isn't it? Because I would have read them all out. But give Raoul Siegel a round of applause in case I put that out on the internet for, um, for other people. <laughs> Ludicrous. Um, so good, yeah, well, uh, yeah, well uh, maybe you, uh, we'll have a, a little bit more chat. There's another bearded gentleman over here, a fine, fine beard. What's your name, sir? James. James? What do you do for a living, James? You're a software developer, you work in computers. Yeah, you're one of my fans. 
Yeah, no, maybe not. It could be, it could be crossover. Uh, what's the, what software are you developing at the moment? It roots boxes around a warehouse. Yes. Like when you say roots, you mean like go, then move them around rather than sort of making them rooted to the spot. That would be terrible. So it roots boxes around a warehouse. How does it do that? That sounds interesting. <laughs> On a conveyor belt, or do the boxes magically become able to? You put a computer in them and they become sentient. It's like RoboBox. <laughs> goes around because don't put the wrong. You do have RoboBoxes, so that is a real thing I haven't just created. There could be like a film of RoboBox. It's just a robot that kind of goes around and you put things in it, and if you put the wrong thing in it, it shoots you in the face. <laughs> That's cool. That's very exciting. Oh, there's, there's, there's like robots being designed that can go to war now. That's the next step. Did you see this? I was reading this in the papers. So like all soldiers. So it's like genuinely like alien, not alien, um, Terminator and all that stuff is coming. Well, probably alien as well. Uh, Terminator's coming true. And that's basically they, they're, they're making sentient robots that can shoot people. Well, they are. That's what's happening. You should know, get into that. Man. There'll be a lot of money in it. You could be like the bloke in Terminator 2. That could be you. He could be shot and really... Does he die? I think... Don't want to give any spoilers. Uh, uh, that could be you. But it's still pretty cool to be killed and, you know, saving the world and stuff. People would remember you. Is this your young lady here? Because I'm guessing she, you're not with Mike Stoner. Maybe in the interval you'll want to swap seats with, with, your, with your boyfriend. What's your name? Sarah. Sarah. What, what do you do, Sarah? You're a researcher? I'm a researcher. I just read the internet all day. Is that what you do? You research sexually transmitted diseases. <laughs> now what? You're seeing Rex the right person. Now what? Um, <laughs> what form does this research take? Do you just read about them or do you have to kind of contract them and see what effect they have on you? Or do you find other people who've got them and then look at their genitals? This is brilliant. You're there. Thank you for sitting in the front row. <laughs> You analyse data. Nah. Have you ever had a sexually transmitted disease? If that's not, if it's not a personal question, <laughs> I've had chlamydia. Let's get, let's get. I also had um, a strange, uh, like, spot that kind of appeared, which I can remember what it was called. And the doctor didn't know what it was. But at the same time, I was writing a film based on a thing by Glenn Wool. Glenn Wool is brilliant, a Canadian comedian, and he had this routine about getting a mysterious spot on his penis that no one knew what it was. And then they had to do a biopsy, so they had to cut part of his cock off and send it away for analysis. And then as I was writing this film, the same thing happened to me. It's like, it was like a sort of sci-fi... I was in a relationship at the time, I wasn't doing anything bad, and I kind of got this strange thing on my penis and I had to go and have a biopsy as well and I was thinking fuck if ever, does everything I write is gonna start happening to me and you know I wouldn't have been writing a film about getting a sexually transmitted disease if I'd known that I probably would have got a sexually transmitted disease from the film I would have written but it wouldn't do you know what that is if you know and then they took it away and do you ever research that sexually transmitted disease I've had two chlamydia and that that's the two I've had you only look at women's health. Well, you know, I could have put them, I could have put my cock in a woman, and that would have gone into them, wouldn't it? They could have got. So you got to. You got to look at both. You can't just look at it in isolation. Only looking at women who've never been anywhere in a men going. They don't. They don't seem to get these sexually transmitted diseases. Wonder what's going on. 
You look at risk factors for pelvic inflammatory disease. Yeah, not as good as what I was told. You should look into. <laughs> you should look into whether it's possible for a man to write a script about a sexually transmitted disease and then actually contract it without having sex with anyone. That is what you should look at. That is more important than the pelvic inflammatory disease, which doesn't sound that bad. I'd like, to be honest, I'd like my pelvis to get a bit bigger than it is. <laughs> well, lovely to meet you, and thank you for sitting in the front row. Why can't the people with the interesting jobs? You software, don't mind you, it was boxes. It was good, both of you are good value. You're very good value. So, uh, I, would, I can't remember what time we started. I haven't done that long, have I? Well, uh, I thought I had something else to talk about, but it's probably... The problem is, you know, I kind of want to do all the good jokes in the show. Uh, to be honest, I think you're going to watch the actual stand-up I'm going to do in the show and go, you should have done the bit he did in the first... That first thing he did about the, the, the brushes. But what, well, there'll probably be a few back references to those things. I imagine Adam's watching this uh, and now thinking, I'm going to ask him about Frankie Boyle and Mick, Mick Jagger. <laughs> Later on. Uh, well, look, I'll talk to a couple more people. Cause there's, some, some, you know, there's some people I know, I've talked to you many times, I don't want to talk to you again. You're weird, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> And I uh, saw you in Aldershot. I didn't rec I recognise you in the audience, but not in real life. Now, it's kind of like the opposite of being... It's John Galatini. Galantini. And um, I recognise him from Twitter and stuff. But then when he stood up, I didn't, I didn't recognise... I can only recognise... Is this, is this a lady with you? Yes, what? Fiancé? Thanks, thanks to me? Yeah, because I do a kind of special dating service, don't I? From nerds who'll never get a girlfriend. She's come over from the Far East. What's, what's your name? Mary Jane? Yay. Uh, like a bit of Mary Jane, do you? Know what I'm talking about? Don't, uh, yeah. Yeah, old drugs. I'm 45, but I'm still pretty cool. I know. I'm, yeah, Mary Jane from the 1960s. What, how did you two get together, John? Over Facebook, Embarrassingly enough, it's not embarrassing, that's the future, that's the way it is. So you kind of bonded because you both loved me so much? No. No, no, no. He said, no, no, no. It wasn't just no, or no, well, a bit, no. You separated. And then we got back together because we had tickets for your show. You got to get back together because you had tickets for my show, which you bought while you were still together. You bought some tickets, then you broke up, then you thought, oh, we got the tickets. My better you, I mean, come on, can't take someone else, and you got to the show, and you both laughed, so which show was it you came to see? Uh, what is Love Anyway? What is Love Anyway? Ah, oh. Christ and the Bike, and so then you bond, you laughed at my jokes about Jesus together, and realised, hey, we should be together, let's get married. It's a beautiful... You didn't get it on DVD, John. Did you buy it, did you buy it from me at Aldershot? Oh, yeah. You were at the DVD record, so you, did, oh, you didn't see it together. I thought you said you didn't see what it's love anyway. Didn't he just say that? And then he just said he did, he did see it. He's insane, do you want to marry this guy? He's, clearly he's, like, he's got like two different personalities within him. One of them, one of them seen my DVD and one of them hasn't. It's insane, imagine someone splitting themselves into two bits, hey Mike, it's insane. Um, oh well, that's, that's lovely that you've, got, what, that you've got together. Mary Jane, what do you do, what do, you do for, for a living? I don't know, John, what does John do for a living? It's a web contractor. Do you move, get boxes to move around? And, do you have robo boxes? It's mainly about the boxes, this. What do you do, you do Mary Jane? Are you, you don't work. Is you, you're a kept woman. His web design, it makes enough money so you just live in the manner you've become accustomed. It's fantastic. 
that's good done yeah, I wish that was to, yeah. I'd, I'd like my, my hope and my wife's a children's author I'm kind of hoping she'll just become really successful like JK Rowling and I don't have to do anything I don't want to, <laughs> won't have to do this shit anymore <laughs> so anyway was, there was something else I was going to talk to you about but I can't remember what it was and I don't want to spend too much time um, out here talking to you now because it'll be less time to talk to the incredible Adam Buxton later so we're going to have a break you get a chance to uh, have a drink these podcasts can be quite long, so go to the toilet. If you have to go to the toilet, <laughs> go to the toilet. It seems to be kind of a mixture of men and women, which is good, so then, you know, there may be a queues for both toilets. Uh, if you get desperate, you can go to Burger King. There's toilets there. Or just, you know, just go out, either just out in the Leicester Square, just piss in the middle, <laughs> in there, just out in the foyer. I don't really care, it's not my theatre. Uh, uh, but you've been very lovely so far. Please keep that up for the second half, and I'll be back with the amazing Adam Buxton and the actual podcast. Thank you very much. See you in a bit. Bye. <laughs>